0: Welcome to the Buford Sermons Podcast, where we care about the things you care about. For more information or to donate to this ministry, please visit www.fbcbuford.org. I want you to take your Bible and open to Luke chapter 2 as we continue walking through this series, Sounds of the Season. As we look at these great old Christmas hymns, these great Christmas songs that we've sung for so many years, I open this series with the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. That song's an incredible song as it's a plea for Jesus to come. Acknowledging that Jesus' coming was prophesied about in the Old Testament. Pointing to the reality that he has already come. But also living in the hope of knowing that he is one day coming to return. And that no matter what our circumstances are, we can cry, "Oh come, O oh, come, Emmanuel, God with us. You were promised to us from the beginning. You are with us because you came, you died. You rose, you sent your Holy Spirit, but we also know that one day you are literally coming back to get us. What an incredible picture of hope to know that Jesus has come for us and one day will ultimately come for us again. Well, today we're going to kind of flip the script a little bit and we're looking at the song, O Come, All Ye Faithful, that we just sang. Because you see, as Jesus comes to us, there are also some benefits that we get from going to see him, Can you imagine what it must have been like in Luke chapter 2? As these shepherds were out in the fields watching their flock by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to him. And the Bible says the glory of the Lord shone around the angel. And the angel began having this conversation with these shepherds. I'll pick up in verse 8 of Luke chapter 2. It says there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. His favor rest, And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said, and this is where this song comes in this morning. The shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I want this morning to be an encouragement to you. You see, I believe that this should be one of the more, and we're going to talk about this later, one of the more joyful seasons of the year. I mean, how can it not be? Regardless of what we've gone through in our lives, I recognize that it is hard for some, but whatever we've gone through in our lives, knowing that this season we celebrate God in heaven, leaving his throne and coming to take on the flesh of a baby boy. And as these shepherds were in their field and they were invited To come and see him. There are some things that we learn and some truths that even this song gives us that should encourage us this morning. When we come to Jesus, when we turn from the world and we follow him, when we lay our worries and anxieties at his feet, when we recognize that we just need a glimpse of him... There are some things that should happen, some attitudes that should change, some truths that should be made known in our lives that we can hold on to. And I want to look at those this morning and encourage you with those. And that's one, when we come to Jesus, we celebrate victoriously. When we come to Jesus, we celebrate victoriously. We see the angels celebrating, right? Uh, crying out, glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace and goodwill to man. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. We sing about it in this song. O come all ye faithful, joyful, and what? Triumphant. We know that there is only one place where victory is guaranteed. There is only one place where no matter what happens, it is guaranteed that we can celebrate triumphantly and victoriously, regardless of circumstances, regardless of what we think the score is, regardless of how big the obstacle in front of, around, or behind us is. And that one place is Jesus. You see, there's this incredible truth that when Jesus was born into this world in that little town called Bethlehem, Born to a virgin teenage girl. When Jesus was born, you think about it. God the creator took on flesh. The one who created our eyes now took on flesh. Where he had to learn how to open his eyes the one who created our legs now humbled himself to take on flesh where he had to gain function of those legs the one who created us I mean can you imagine what Jesus' first dirty diaper was like it was a holy one no doubt but can you imagine what it must have been like for Mary knowing she'd been told he was the Messiah the son of God she knew how she had, he had been conceived, but I don't know if she still could fully grasp that knowing that she was changing the diaper or cloth or whatever it was they had, cleaning up, let's be honest, she was cleaning up the poo of the creator of the universe. I mean, it's crazy. He took on this humble, form of a baby boy and yet even in the moment of his birth in a stable a nasty nasty barn laid in a feeding trough he was already victorious and when we come to Jesus we can celebrate victoriously even if we can't see the victory right in front of us. Because the same baby boy, listen, he's the same one who declared, he's the same God who declared to Satan that he would one day crush his head. This Jesus in the flesh, 100% man, but part of this triune God, but one God is the same God who led Moses to free the Hebrew children from Egypt. And while the Egyptians were hot on their heels, and they had a giant sea in front of them, a raging sea in front of them where there was sure death, an Egyptian army behind them where there was sure death, there seemed to be no place for victory. This baby boy Jesus carried the same power, was the same God that would allow Moses to part the sea. That this Jesus was the same God who David would proclaim about as he would spin that sling around with that giant in front of him. And he was the same God who would guide that stone into the skull of that giant's head. This Jesus, this baby Jesus, he's the same one who would grow in wisdom and stature for miracles one day would get a call from his friends and he would show up and Mary would be upset with him his friend Mary because her brother would already died and he would walk up and he would weep over the circumstance it was heartbreaking and it was hard yet in the midst of this funeral he would bring victory and bring Lazarus back to life this Jesus, listen, he was not born in hopes of victory. We don't come to his feet with some outside chance of victory. We turn to Jesus knowing he's already claimed the victory. We're all competitive people and we love winning, don't we? I'm competitive in everything I do. If I'm playing board games, I like winning. If I'm playing card games, I like winning. If I'm coaching seven and eight-year-olds, I like winning. Drake had a basketball game this Saturday morning that I was coaching. We got down eight to one in a seven and eight-year-old basketball game. Do you know what it feels like to be down eight to one in a seven and eight-year-old basketball game? You might as well be down 40 to nothing. It feels like it's an impossible task to come back from being down eight to one. You don't score that many points. And I remember coaching this game and at moments having these thoughts run through my head wow, this is way too important to me. As I'm yelling and screaming and celebrating, I'm not yelling and screaming at the kids, I'm yelling and screaming to the kids. There's a big difference, okay? And I looked up and it was eight to four. And then it was eight to eight. And then it was 10 to nine. And then it was 11 to 10. And then it was 12 to 11. And then it was 13 to 12. And then we won. And we celebrated. And I was so excited because we had won a 7 and 8 year old basketball game that I didn't think we had a chance to win. And it was a really sad Saturday morning for a 37 year old grown man to be so excited about, wasn't it? And here's Jesus. Listen. Your marriage is struggling. Hear me. Jesus offers you victory. Your finances are a wreck. Jesus offers you victory. Your heart is broken because there is sickness or loss in your family. Jesus offers you victory. Listen. The victory doesn't always come the way we want it to come. For Jesus, he was born and laid in a feeding trough. In a barn. He would grow up to be brutally murdered on a cross. To die for you and for me. But to ultimately give us victory in his resurrection what does victory look like for the believer it is whatever God chooses to do to glorify his name and point others to who he is do you hear me that's what victory looks like victory isn't always healing the way we want to see healing Victory isn't always provision with comfort the way we want comfort. Victory isn't even always, listen to me, it's not even always restored relationships the way we want to see relationships restored. Victory is always God using us in whatever way he sees fit to glorify his name and point others to who he is. And because of Jesus, whatever's going on in our lives, we can celebrate victoriously because he's already... not only do we celebrate victoriously because Jesus has already won when we come to Jesus we sing joyfully I love the reality that the angels begin singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests I love that after the the, uh, the shepherds met Jesus, they hurried off, they, they found him. Verse 17 says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And listen, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said. And the shepherds returned uh, glorifying and praising God, verse 20, for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. When we come to Jesus, we can celebrate victoriously, have confidence knowing that God is God and He is sovereign and He is good and He cares about you and He cares about me and He cares about using us for His purposes to glorify Him. He cares about allowing us to walk with joy and hope and peace in times that don't make sense. And then we can also walk with Jesus and come to Jesus knowing that no matter what our circumstances are, if we are gazing at this precious baby boy who had come to take the sins of the world, we can live and walk joyfully. That living and singing joyfully, listen... Why do we sing on Sunday mornings? Why do these people get up here and sing just so we can listen to them? No, you know what my favorite part of worship is? It's those occasional Sunday mornings when they're singing something that most of you, for whatever reason, are engaged in. And I can slide up here to the stage or I can slide over there as I'm getting ready to get up to baptize and I can hear you singing. And I look out and I see your face and I see your smiles. I see some of your hands. I see an occasional tear run down your cheek because I don't know what's going on in all of your lives. But I can look out and go, you know what? That person might have had some heartbreak this week, but they're singing praises to King Jesus with a joy that doesn't make sense. That person might have entered the room with some anxiety today, but they're singing praises to King Jesus joyfully because Jesus came, was born, lived, died, offers them hope and purpose. Listen, that person might have somebody not sitting next to them who's normally sitting next to them, but aren't sitting next to them and may never sit next to them again. Or maybe they know they won't ever be in the room to sit next to them again. And their heart is broken over that but they can sing praises to king Jesus joyfully why because Jesus was born that's enough that Jesus came guys you know the crazy part about Jesus taking on flesh Jesus took on flesh and he lived a perfect sinless life okay he did not know sin the way we know sin But we get so caught up a lot of times, as we should, in Jesus coming so that he could die. And then raise. And when he be risen from the dead. And then when he died, he took all of our sin upon his shoulders. He took the wrath of God upon himself. It was a dark moment, a big moment, a big deal that he walked through. But when I come to Christmas season, you know what I think about Sometimes. think about Jesus' life. Like he was the creator of the universe. Through him, all things were spoken into being. In the beginning was the word. And John, when you hear that, the word, you, you, you know that he's talking about Jesus. And the word was with God and the word was God. And all things were spoken into being through the word. So here's Jesus. Always having been in existence. On his throne in heaven. And willingly coming and taking on the same flesh that you and I carry around. You know the disappointment in relationships that breaks your heart? Jesus dealt with that. You know the people who have the worst timing to come and just rip you for something? Jesus dealt with that. Willingly. He didn't have to. You know, the heartache of loss, sadness. Seeing your family and friends and loved ones heartbroken. For 33 years, Jesus dealt with that. Being betrayed by friends. Jesus took that on. (laughs) Having nowhere to lay his head. Jesus in his flesh. In his flesh, he dealt with all of the things that you or I have dealt with. That we use so many times as an excuse to rob us of our joy. Jesus dealt with physical pain and suffering. You remember when he was in the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights? The Bible says he was hungry and he was tired. I'd imagine his feet probably hurt at times. I don't mean this irreverently, okay? Because Jesus was, we, 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 we struggle sometimes with this dualism of Christ. Jesus, but Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% dude. All the things that you felt, all the emotions. He managed to walk through all of it without ever sinning, but he walked through it. The temptation. Why do you say all that? See, what's that got to do with anything? Because when God took on the flesh of the baby boy, not only did he look at me and say, you live joyfully because you should live joyfully, he looked at me and said, you live joyfully. I'm going to show you how. God did it. God did it. And when we come to Jesus... We can sing joyfully in a way that's not circumstantial. We can sing joyfully not because he healed the loved one. He might not. We can sing joyfully not because he provided all that we want financially. He might not. And for some of y'all, he don't need to provide all that you want financially. Your needs are just fine. We can sing joyfully not because of these circumstantial things. We can sing joyfully not because everybody tells us how awesome we are. We can sing joyfully simply because Jesus came, lived, died, rose. And that's enough. When we come to Jesus, oh come all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. Seeing choirs of angels, singing in exaltation. Seeing all you citizens of heaven above. And as we reflect the singing of the angels by celebrating here together. We also learn that we come and we celebrate victoriously. We sing joyfully. But when we come to see Jesus, listen to me. Not only do we celebrate and do we sing. But we also begin to see supernaturally. I love what happened with the shepherds here. The shepherds showed up. And the Bible says... They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby was lying in the manger. And when they saw him, they spread the word concerning him, and all who heard it were amazed. All who heard what the shepherds said were amazed. Now, these shepherds weren't professional speakers. Okay, they didn't know how to give a TED talk. They hadn't taken a preaching class. They hadn't had a public communication class. All they knew is they had seen something unique and exciting. They had seen something supernatural. They had heard from a heavenly being, a host of angels, glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace, good will towards men, that this baby was there lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. They went and found this baby. When they showed up, listen to me, when they showed up to the scene where Jesus was lying in the manger, naturally there was nothing impressive about it. Through natural eyes, this would be a scene of great poverty. A mom after childbirth. Dad, you've seen that before, right? It's not always pretty. It's beautiful, it's just not always pretty, right? A dad who's trying to figure out how to be the earthly dad to a baby who's got a heavenly father. (laughs) Stressed. Cold. a barn smelly nasty a place for animals a baby lying in a feeding trough in our live nativity we have a manger built and we put hay in it but you know what I've noticed rightfully so by the way Most of the time we have a live baby portraying baby Jesus. I've never seen the one who was portraying Mary in our live nativity actually lay that live baby in that made, built manger that we have out there with the hay. Why? Because we wouldn't lay a baby in that. And yet what Jesus was laid in was far worse far nastier to the natural eye what the shepherds found was not impressive but they didn't see through the natural eye what they saw was supernatural what they saw was something that had been told to them by the angels of God what they saw was somewhere there they had been guided by the supernatural power and provision of God. And what they saw, not only did it change their life, it transformed their perspective. Here's the application of that this morning. When we come, all ye faithful... To see Jesus. I mean to really see Jesus. Not some Americanized version of Jesus. Not some comfortable version of Jesus that you've worked up in your head. But when we come to see Jesus. God in the flesh. Baby boy. Born of a virgin. Jesus. When we really see Jesus and we see him in his glory, we see him in his purposes, and we surrender all to him. When we see Jesus, it gives us supernatural vision. The ability to see spiritually, not naturally. And it changes our perspective. It changes our perspective. From God, how can you make me comfortable? God, how is this best for me? God, how can I be seen successful? God, how can I be healthy? God, how can you meet my needs? And we flip that to then, instead of living our lives through our natural eyes to what makes sense to us, we begin living our lives with spiritual eyes, asking God, how can my life glorify you? God, I don't understand the circumstances right now, but work. Work. God, I got this thorn in my flesh. Get it out. God, I got this thorn in my flesh. Get it out. God, I got this thorn in my flesh. Get it out. God, I've got this addiction I've dealt with. God, I've got this relationship that's broken. God, my heart is ruined over this loss I've experienced. God, I've got this one who's sick and not getting well. Lord, get it out. And instead of saying, God, get it out so I can be more comfortable, we begin praying, God, how can you use this thorn to keep me at your feet and use me to glorify your name and point others to who you are? The shepherds did not show up and go, oh, this is awesome. Hey, Mary and Joseph, let us find you a place to sleep. They didn't show up and then leave and say, man, we've found something really cool. These people designed this new baby bed. It looks kind of like something that animals eat out of. What did they do? They left and with excitement and amazement they told other believers or excuse me other people of what they had seen and they worshiped God not because of the manger or because of the barn or because there was a man and a wife and a baby they did not do that because there was a baby they went and told and worshiped God because it was the baby the promised Savior, Jesus. Their perception has been flipped. Here's the invitation this morning. Some of you, some of you right now, there's nothing for you to celebrate because you don't have victory, there's no joy in your life because you don't know the source of joy and some of you this morning need to for the first time be able to see through spiritual eyes that means that you need the holy spirit the third person of the triune god god the father god the son and god the holy spirit you need the holy spirit to reveal to you the truth of god's word what is that truth stephen that you're a broken sinner in your flesh But that God loves you so much, and that's why you were still a sinner. He sent Jesus to live as this humble baby boy, a perfect life, only to die on a cross with your sin and my sin upon his shoulders, and then Jesus would come back to life, defeating death, hell, the grave, sin, so that you could be forgiven. And today, my prayer is that God will allow your heart to see your sin and to see God's goodness and God's faithfulness, and he would draw you to come to Jesus. To trust Him and surrender your life to Him. How do I do that, Stephen? It's simple acknowledging your brokenness and your need for this Savior and giving all of your life to Him and His glory. It's committing to live with a new purpose, a purpose that offers joy even when times are hard, a purpose that gives victory even when the world says you're losing, a purpose that gives you a new perspective. A new perspective that offers hope in times of hopelessness and peace and moments of chaos. Simply by saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. Save me. If you need to give your life to Christ this morning, you need to not hesitate and you need to do that. Some of our pastors will be outside the doors in the back when we start singing. You can walk right out those doors and go to one of those guys and say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I'll be up here worshiping. You can come grab me and say, I need to give my life to Jesus. If you don't want to talk to somebody right now, in this moment, you can text that word Buford Info to that number 97000. And you can follow the prompts, give my life to Jesus. As soon as we get that, as soon as that hits my phone, I'll reach out to you and we'll have a one-on-one conversation of what that means and what that looks like. Jesus wants to offer you hope. He wants to offer you joy. He wants to give you new purpose. He was born so you could experience those things. Would you give your life to him today? Maybe you're a believer. And man, your sight has been shifted. You don't see things through spiritual eyes anymore. You only see things through practical eyes, through natural eyes. It is about you and about your success and your comfort and your name and how people view you. And maybe today you need to come get on your face before the holy God and say, God, let me see things through your perspective. God, this season help me to make it about the baby. The baby God taken on flesh, raised to die, and then come back to life. God, give me hope. God, give me joy. God, remind me of your victory. God, remind me that your victory doesn't always look like I think my victory should look. But God, let me seek your victory and your purpose. We hope that you have been blessed and challenged by this message. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want to know more about how to follow Jesus, please check us out at fbcbuford.org.